Conversations with folk in and around education. I'm Caroline Doherty. As ever, thank you to all the school staff listening. The work you do has never been more important to the communities you serve. Before we begin, I'd just like to remind listeners that this podcast is an opportunity to open up debate and discussion around issues. The views my guests and I are about to express are not the view of the key. For in-depth authoritative articles on the latest issues in education, check out thekeysupport.com. Right, well, today I am delighted to be joined by Michael Payne, founder of Forum Strategy and author of Being the CEO. Michael is a friend of The Key, and The Key works in partnership with Forum Strategy. So I've had the pleasure of attending some of your regional network meetings, both in the flesh and uh, now virtually. Uh, so welcome, Michael. Hi, Caroline. Thank you. And uh, absolutely, we are um, proud uh, to have the, uh, the key as partners uh, at Forum Strategy, a great organisation full of um, extremely talented people and doing great work for the education system week by week, especially over the last few weeks. So uh, thank you for all that you do. And uh, it's great to be great to be here today. Oh, well, thank you very much. That was completely un- unprompted, but um, we shall have to have you on the podcast more often. Uh, uh, just to begin, could you uh, tell the listeners a little bit more about what Forum Strategy uh, does, those who may not be uh, aware of your work? Absolutely. So Forum Strategy um, is an organisation that's been around for one, nearly a decade now. We started in 2013, so uh, uh, approaching a decade and um, over that time we've we've sought really to work with um, leaders across the education sector head teachers and more recently chief executives of academy trusts to um, connect them together to bring them together um, to ensure that they are um, supported in uh, responding to the change uh, in, in the world and in the sector um, but also to make sure that they have access to some of the the best learning opportunities and networking opportunities possible and and um, I think a really important thing for us is is helping leaders to um, access the best thinking uh, the best leadership development from not not only within the education sector but uh, more widely Um, there are um, many public servants and many uh, people across our society who uh, we can all learn from um, as educationalists and, and vice versa. So um, a big theme for Forum Strategies is doing that. We are a membership organisation now for um, chief executives of Academy Trusts. Um, and uh, together with that, um, now chief operating officers of Academy Trusts mm-hmm. as well. So um, interesting times. And you, you mentioned the, the way that uh, trust leaders can learn from disciplines outside of education. Can you can you maybe give some examples of the kind of expertise that you've brought into the school sector by your networks? Yes, so I think I think as educationalists, it's important we we model learning and we keep learning. Um, all of us involved in the education sector must be lead learners and must be um, really modelling uh, our willingness and openness to learning on a on a day to day basis. And I think one of the the really valuable things um, that we've seen within our networks and our work at Forum Strategy is leaders in in the education world learning from those beyond it. So I think particularly for chief executives, one of the greatest sources of learning um, is is, uh, chief executives in other sectors, particularly 
uh, site, the health sector, and also the charity sector as well. Um, the charity sector is um, a very old sector. Um, the health sector, the chief executive role has been it's only been around really for a few years now, for, for just over a decade, uh, approaching two decades. Um, so there's there's a lot of learning that's taken place in the health sector around um, uh, the chief executive role and, and uh, the leadership of foundation hospitals that, that really we, we've tried to pick up on um, in working with the Academy Trust CEOs. So lots of valuable learning there, particularly around uh, improvement um, and improvement at scale. Um, the National Health Service had a um, terrific organisation called NHS Improvement, um, which I believe has now become NHS England, but um, fantastic organisation that helped uh, chief executives and, and directors in uh, the health service um, really develop their improvement models at scale. Something we've, we've missed in the Academy Trust world, I think, that, that kind of... Um, independent body that has been there for the sector to help it learn and help it develop and and almost as a um internal think tank um for the sector so we've we've worked a lot with the health sector we've worked a lot with nhs uh, improvement and, and some of the ceos that have been very close to that organization i think of people like adam uh, sewell jones for example um as one uh, we're, we're working with a uh, uh, a man at the moment called uh, Dr. Peter Homer, uh, um, who's uh, been the CEO of a number of hospital trusts and is providing terrific advice um, to chief executives. And I think it's also it's also worth really think, thinking about this, not just as in terms of the development of leaders and the development of chief executives, but also the development of the education system, because, you know, the world is is much more complex and interdependent um, than 10 or 20 years ago now we have um you know the impact of, of growing uh, mental health challenges amongst um our staff and and children young people um you know the the influence of technology and the pace in which technology is transforming the workplace um and then thinking about how uh, employment is changing as well so i think it's really important not just from um in terms of developing the individual chief executive or leader um, that we make these connections across sectors, but also in developing uh, our education sector too, because you know some of these some of these challenges and and actually we we could term them opportunities. Um, uh, really, we can't approach them in isolation. I think it would be a big ask of the education sector to do so. And actually, you know, we 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 can achieve some great things by working with with pioneering leaders and. Um, and uh, innovative leaders and values-driven leaders in other sectors. So that's been a big motivation of forum strategy, really. It, it plays two roles, the development of our CEOs and learning from those that have, um, uh, have been there and done that to an extent, uh, but keep learning, um, and also uh, trying to find those um, connections and those parallels with, with other sectors. And it's important to remember as well, I think, that those sectors are facing many of the challenges that the education sector is facing. If one obvious one, I think, is uh, recruitment and retention and the challenge um, around recruitment and retention that we've seen over the last few years. All sectors are now approaching a time where um, we're going to see uh, a swathe of leaders move into retirement. You know, the demographics tell us that over the next five to ten years, there's a bulge of people in their um, 
mid to late 50s who are going to retire. Um, and the health service is thinking about that. The charity sector is thinking about that. Um, you know, the, the army, um, education is thinking about that. Now, yeah, we can either approach these challenges in isolation or we can learn from one another. And I think that's, um, that, that's a, big, a big plus point to uh, working across sector. And obviously, you you've done a lot of work your, yourself, and and in your your book, really examined the 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 role of the, the the trust CEO. How do you think it's it's changing as as the trust sector matures, and as you've just been talking about there, as the as the world gets infinitely more complex? Yes, I I think we are. Um, in a, in a period of transition at the moment, I think there is a wide range of uh, trusts of all shapes and sizes um, in in the academy trust world, and um, I think many leaders, uh, many people in CEO roles, are still making the transition into the CEO role. Um, I also think we've got this. Um, difference between those that were what I'd describe as founder mm. CEOs um, and those people that are coming into their trusts, coming into um, their organisations with some of the infrastructure now in place. Um, so for the first uh, generation of CEOs, I think, and, and still for many CEOs in, in the majority of trusts, which are still very young organisations, they are not only leading those organisations, but they're shaping them, they're building them. Um, they are, um, and I, I mean this in the best possible sense, entrepreneurs, mm. um, in that they are um, create, not creating businesses. These are not-for-profit organisations, they're charities, but they are creating nonetheless. Um, they, they are building, they're shaping, and that's a really um, exciting thing, uh, and it's actually going to be quite unique I think to this generation of, of CEOs um, we've seen some that have done it uh, really well and are you know uh, creating organizations and, and trusts that are um, becoming great places to learn and work and and innovative in doing that and preparing children young people for, for their lives ahead we've also seen some of that that uh, minority of that first group of CEOs that have got it very wrong and of course, you know when you're creating something and shaping something for the first time without a template or a, mm. a guidebook, um, then people will get it wrong. I think in a in a very small number of cases, people have got it wrong where they shouldn't have got it wrong, and we've seen some unethical uh, practice. Um, but I think where where people have got it wrong amongst that group, most of them have, have made mistakes that um, really are borne out the fact that there there was. Uh, such little support and guidance, I think, for that first group of CEOs. Um, so we're, uh, the, the role is changing in that the in some trusts we're seeing a second generation of CEOs that are coming in and uh, and finding that that they're not doing as much shaping um, as as the first generation. But I think all of the trusts have still got work to do in order to um, realise the potential of the model. Um, and to um, one, one area we've talked about a lot um, in 
in recent months is is the community leadership element to leading a trust and i think um that seems to be something that one i'd describe again as the second generation of ceos are really focused on so the first generation were quite focused on you know the model the structure um and um you know uh, i think the second generation of ceos are kind of yeah, they, they want to make sure that the model is sustainable and, and they're learning the lessons from the first generation. But at the same time, um, there are a lot of values driven people out there that think, well, actually, how do we relate these new organizations much more to their communities? How do we make them more uh, accountable to their communities? Um, so it's interesting and exciting times. And I think the current situation is going to um, accelerate some of the trends there around community uh, focused leadership and be, becoming more more accountable to communities as well. Yes, and I think you know um, we've seen trusts respond uh, to the to the to the crisis very very quickly, very dynamically, and start to operate in in areas beyond what we would expect from a traditional school you know delivery model. When we've got trusts setting up parent advisory lines to support children with with work and uh, uh, parents working with children at home and 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 this kind of thing as you say the the remit seems to be getting a lot a lot broader um it feels like and obviously you've been very busy over the last few um few weeks as well with um with lots of um of activity and and connecting your your networks what are the kind of issues that are that are bubbling up just now in 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 the trust that are part of um forum strategy well i think like all sectors um you know i think the ceos and and the leaders we work with want to make the right decisions um they they are putting the health and safety of their staff of their children young people first um and um that you know that that has to be the priority so i think there's a lot of um across the networks a lot a, a, a real need to share ideas um around um staff well-being at the moment that's been a, a big area of focus for us staff well-being and, and working with um experts in that field but also um, trying to help inform the department's work around that and ensure that um, you know the decisions they make or, or the um, initiatives they undertake take into account well-being. Um, so you know our, our, our members have been very clear that you know they they want um, clear guidance um, and um, you know I think it's really important that we recognize that to have happy healthy schools and healthy children young people we need happy healthy staff as well so um that's that's been a big area of focus for us helping um our trust leaders members just um access resources ideas from one another and um and to have a voice around well-being um yeah so so well-being has been been a key a key issue for them um but there's also you know um already beginning to think about well what does this mean for uh, the medium to long term um, what does it mean um, for for the development of trusts and um, their, their place in the world really and uh, I think this has been a really difficult situation a tragic situation in many respects um, I think we you know as, as leaders do um, great leaders look for towards a better future and a more hopeful 
um, future. And uh, I, I'm already beginning to sense um, amongst many of our, our members and many of our leaders a, a, a desire to um, enter the next phase um, with um, hope and positivity and, 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 and to try and shape a better a better education system, you know, a better a better world for children, young people. It's I'm sure it's made all of us reevaluate our um, priorities in life and what we value and um, what we hold dear. And um, I, I think all of us are are kind of confronting that now and um, and reassessing, you know, what what success is essentially in in our lives. Yeah, exactly, and. Uh... What 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 kinds of things do you think uh, trust leaders m might be be thinking about over that over that that period that you've described more specifically? Yeah, I think I think certainly the relationship with the community. So I've talked a mm. little bit about this new generation of um, CEOs and trust leaders um, really putting an emphasis on on on. Um, trusts roles in their communities um, so in recent weeks we've seen you know parents become much more involved in their children's learning um, we've we've seen some uh, brilliant examples of, of trusts and schools across the sector across the education sector um, whether it's contributing to uh, developing PPE uh, whether it's um, you know, su supporting um, the most vulnerable in communities through food, putting on food banks and so on. Um, so I think it's, yeah, there's a real opportunity here for groups of schools, whether they're trusts or other groups of schools, to say, you know, we, we serve our community together. Um, we are part of the fabric of the community. Um, and, and to try and, you know, develop some social capital through that. So I think certainly we're going to see... Um, a better understanding, I think, amongst parents and, and the community, the work of schools and the efforts that teachers uh, put in. Um, and yeah, I, I think it, uh, really relating the work of schools to, to that sense of community, again, will be, be a big theme of, um, of the next five or 10 years. I think an, another area is, is kind of tied into that is, is accountability. Mm -hmm. um, so one of as well as working with the health sector and um, uh, the the charity sector and so on, uh, another sector we we unashamedly uh, bring in uh, to the networks are, are the business sector and uh, entrepreneurs from other walks of life because you know they are with some of the most inspiring leaders um, and their their companies and their organisations employ parents um so uh, you know they are part of the fabric of our communities and and they do um play a big part in children's lives so bringing in um you know entrepreneurs and, and businesses into into the discussion is really important and one of the things that we we have learned a lot from um those sectors is what i describe as as the the importance of pure accountability um so of course like um, all organisations, they're accountable to, um, to the regulators that, that, that regulate them. They, of course, are accountable under companies' law and, uh, you know, they have to account for, for what they do and, and so on. Um, but that accountability is secondary. It's crucially important, but it's secondary to the accountability they have to the people they serve, in their mm -hmm. case, the customers. And what that does is it 
it really informs and drives improvement. You know, mm. it really by by being accountable uh, to the, directly to the people you serve, to have that constant feedback on what they think about what you offer and what you what you do for them is is really valuable. And I think one of the things that that is also emerging from this is we've got a bit of a gap here. Um, Ofsted. Uh, is paused for want of a better word. Um, we're not going to quite see uh, performance tables and league tables in the same way this year. And I think for, again, for those leaders that are looking to the future, they're thinking about, well, let's not just let there be a vacuum. Let's kind of redefine accountability a little bit here. Let's make ourselves accountable to, um, to our parents and our communities. What do they think about what we do? What do they value? What do they think we should improve upon? Um, and uh, not just in the in the sense of a survey every now and again, or you know, uh, but actually a genuine attempt to um, to to make uh, schools and trusts really accountable, but also informed by the communities they serve. And I think that can only um, you know deepen improvement, um, and it can only deepen the connection that trusts have to their communities. So um, community and accountability are all wrapped in together. I think another area where um, we're going to see kind of trends accelerate, uh, Caroline, is around um, the workforce and particularly well-being um, mm -hmm. and workforce expectations because I think one of the things that will emerge out of um, this uh, terrible virus uh, situation is that um, we value key workers as a society even more. Um, so, you know, that means making sure that we have a happy, healthy, well-looked-after workforce in, in education and across the public sector. Um, but also um, that, that, you know, there's a, there's a realisation that people don't want to be working excessive hours. They don't want to be um, feeling under unnecessary pressure. Um, people are, as we, you know, we talked about earlier in this, in this conversation, are evaluating their lives and what success is and what's important to them. So I think we're, we're seeing leaders and, and CEOs and leaders in trusts and, and across the education sector really thinking about you know, their workforce and what the, um, the expectations of the workforce are, um, but also really, really thinking hard about you know, how we have a healthier and happier workforce in the next era when it comes. Indeed. Some very interesting thoughts about the, the future there and, and what is coming in the future for Forum Strategy? Well, like all organisations, we are um, adapting to the, to the current situation. Um, and as you, you all have been at the key and, uh, and of course, for um, almost every organisation up and down the country and across the world, you know, this is, uh, this is an unprecedented situation. Um, so, um, I think one thing that it's really kind of um, driven home to me, um, and it's something that, that uh, we, we emphasize in our work with CEOs, is having the right team around you is crucially important. And um, having the right expertise around you is cru crucially important. As a CEO and as a leader, um, it's just impossible to lead a successful organization um, at any time without having the right people around you um, to advise and bring their expertise. So I think one of the um, big things uh, that we're all going to experience now and in the near future is the move to um, online working and, and um, the use of, of technology. Um, our events, our support is, has moved entirely online um, in the last few weeks. 
um, and will do for the foreseeable future. So for the for the immediate future, there's a big onus on making sure that that online um, working, that online connectivity, um, the learning opportunities and the networking opportunities online are, are of the highest standard possible. So uh, I, I was very lucky um, and we were very lucky at Form Strategy in that uh, late last year we um, we brought that digital um, expertise onto our team. Um, it was something that, you know, for me as a leader, is a real blind spot. Um, and I knew it It was a blind spot for a long time. And thankfully, um, managed to um, to bring in that expertise at the right, at the right moment, just before, mm. of course, we all faced uh, the challenges. So, um, yeah, I think for every organisation and for every CEO, um, how we use technology in a safe, efficient, meaningful um, and um, and powerful way um, is, you know, whether you're leading a, a trust, um, whether you're leading a, a, a high street business, whether you're uh, leading a training organisation, um, it's accelerated a trend there. So, um, yeah, so the near future, the emphasis on, on, on technology and, and um, uh, ensuring that it enhances what we do. Um, but also, I think, deepening the relationship um, with with leaders across sectors, you know, there's there is so much to learn from this crisis and and otherwise. And I think one of the when when CEOs become CEOs, um, suddenly the leadership development and the learning changes. You're no longer um, just operating within your um, professional uh, parameters. Now you are leaders of organisations with um, HR, um, IT, um, health and safety, which is obviously a very prominent issue at the moment and so on. Um, and, and, you know, social and economic trends have a real bearing on your work. So um, the best learning, the best development for chief executives is peer-to-peer -peer from other chief executives across uh, sectors. Um, so we want to we really want to deepen that over the next um, year or two, that commitment to cross-sector learning um, on, uh, and, and, and through, through um, really uh, effective IT platforms. Um, how long it will be before things move back to face-to-face, -to -face, time will tell. Um, it's very difficult to know as things stand in May um, 2020. Um, the other thing we're, we're, we're really um, keen on as well is, is ensuring that um, the next generation of CEOs is coming through. As I, as I mentioned earlier in the, in the conversation, we're entering a period um, of big demographic change and, and seeing many experienced uh, leaders and, and the first generation of CEOs approach retirement and um, making sure that there is that um, pipeline of, of people who are absolutely values-driven and want to do this for the right reasons um, but are also well-equipped and well-prepared for what is a very different role um, to one that they will have undertaken before. Um, so um, more cross-sector learning, more helping to prepare the next generation uh, to come along. Great stuff. And as as we were uh, saying before we started recording, the using r remote technology has enabled you to to pull in kind of international speakers and and people who might not otherwise be available to to those networks. So so very exciting uh, times ahead, hopefully. 
and it's 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 an opportunity there are, you know there's a lot mm. of opportunity in all of this um it's been as i say it's been a, a a tragic difficult situation and continues to be um but leaders uh, are dealers in hope as well and that, that's what i'm seeing across our, our membership that um you know they they've got one foot in managing the present and and uh, the challenges and the difficulty of the present they've also got another foot in the in the future and um and 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 you know inspiring people um to to see a better world after all of this and uh, you know that that works begins now hard as it is it begins now exactly so and and as you say the the role of peer to peer support really vital when you know it's a, a lonely job being a CEO of an organization at the best of times and obviously we are in some of the most challenging times of, of people's professional lives so that that real that peer-to-peer support is so vitally needed and lastly is there anything else you'd like to say to our listeners um i think one of the you know one of the most important things about the next few years is um togetherness i think um we 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 and and i think again this is a really important um responsibility of of chief executives and those leading um our trusts and our schools um is this sense of togetherness i think we're coming out of a i hope we're coming out of a, of a period that see uh, has seemed very polarized um there's been a great deal of, of division within the education sector you know um between different different views on pedagogy through to you know the structure in which uh, schools and and or trusts operate i think one of the really positive things about this generation of chief executives that's coming through in my view is that they are bit, again this sense of commute beginning with the community um and um really starting from from the point that um they're here to to shape a better world for the next generation and i think it's really important that they do so uh not in not in isolation but but in partnership with um the maintain sector and again as we've said in partnership with um other sectors health um uh, a key one uh, business another key one um at the charities sector uh, another one um so you know i think we've got to look beyond our differences within the sector and beyond the sector actually um to think about how we can all work together to to rebuild the world um so i think it's really positive i think we're beginning to see the the green shoots of this that we are you know an education sector um not an academy trust sector or a maintain sector um but i i also think that that sense of partnership needs to transcend the education sector as well it needs to it needs to work with those other sectors and and with parents and mm-hmm. with the all the important people that work within communities so i think the that sense of ceos as community leaders is 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 a really important one being grounded in um the hopes the needs you know the expectations of those we serve and that's what the best ceos do you know they're really humble in the face of the people they serve contrary to you know the caricature of, of the ceo as the uh, the powerful all knowing 
um, executive at the top. And I think we did see a little bit of that in the last few years in education. Um, it worked in a few cases. It's not worked in many cases. Um, I'm really um, optimistic um, that that's, that that isn't the case for the majority anymore, that we have a, um, a generation of CEOs that are um, humble, um, ready, you know, listeners, um, ready to shape, reshape things for the better. Um, it's, it, I think it's a, uh, the next few years could potentially be very exciting, but we've got to work towards togetherness. Um, that's the key. Great stuff and a very positive note to end on there. Thank you very much, Michael, for joining us today. And thank you very much for listening. Key Voices is produced by The Key, giving education leaders the knowledge to act. Members of The Key for School leaders can access hundreds of articles on the latest issues in education at thekeysupport.com. And please tell us what you think of the podcast. Rate, review and subscribe or email me at caroline.doherty at thekeysupport.com with your thoughts and suggestions.